All right, all right, all right. It is time for the Wannabet Podcast. I am David Schiff, here as always with my compatriot, the man, the now fully employed legend, Mr. Miles V. Miles V, how you doing, buddy? I am Miles. Maybe you've heard of me. Yeah, I am back to being fully employed. Oh, 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 that's so disgusting. Which doesn't leave as much time to analyze all these football games as I used to, which is probably good because, let's face it, I would obsess over unders and overs and all kinds of stats. Well, let's face it, you getting a full-time job sort of levels the playing field for me in a good way. So now we can have more of an even match as we go through the uh, through the rest of the season. Uh, how's the week? Uh, all good? You're starting a new gig? You know, just kind of settling in? Is that what's going on? Well, the gig is going good, and in fact, it's going to bring me to Las Vegas next week, so that's a big positive. Nice. Uh, as for, you know, football overall, it's uh, it's a tough one. I was a casualty of the uh, of the Patrick Mahomes, I am going to decide to slide at the <laughs> one-yard line instead of going for a touchdown. Oh, really? I wasn't, I'm not familiar with that play. What happened? No. <laughs> oh, you're familiar with that play. Everyone is familiar with that play. You tried to friggin' mush the bet by telling me it's 17-0 to <laughs> that, oh, wow, this is great, isn't it? I thought we were both going to be uh, competing for a, for a, a you know, a, a perfect week uh, going into the Monday night game. That's what I thought was going to happen. Yeah, no, you talked about the no-hitter uh, during the no hitter, and I knew you did, and I couldn't <laughs> unjinx it. But who me? Me? I last week there was I sent you five bets that I liked, and I even liked uh, another one that we talked about on the show. All of them came in except Kansas City. Yeah, all because up three, you know, winning the game. Mahomes gets a scramble. He has the end zone in sight. And he, he he takes he takes the knee to stay up by three instead of punching him in the gut and going up by ten. I was it was frustrating. I, I've since thought a lot about it, and maybe I'm not as mad as I was in the moment. Twitter was crazy. Do you know that like somewhere between eighty six and ninety percent of money was on KC for that game? Yeah, there was a huge amount of money swing, you know, for the casinos. Absolutely. I will say, and we're sort of jumping ahead because we're getting into a recap and all that. The one thing about that game, and first of all, I'm not so sure it was 100% he could have scored. There was a defender running up at him. And number two, I know that play is what everybody is talking about. He was not fantastic in that game. There were a couple of, I would say, lazy interceptions. Oh, for sure. He wasn't as sharp as Patrick Mahomes normally is. Yeah, he tried his little touch pass, and and he floated a couple of interceptions. He looked horrible. I mean, in all fairness, they they didn't deserve to blow them out. But you play the games, you set the spread, there's an expectation. You know, the odds makers know what they're doing. KC should have won by seven, should have won by ten. That they should have got seven points there to add to the three. And let's face it, I know that if you're up by one, it's a smart thing to do because you don't want to give them the ball back to score eight. Maybe if you're up by two, you don't want to give them the ball back in case you miss your extra point. But, you know, I wish that more coaches would just punch people in the face and say, we are better than you. We are going to annihilate you. We are going to humiliate you. We're going to friggin' score 
you know, as much as we can. Yeah, I think the philosophy is if you can literally run the clock out, you don't want to give the ball back to the other team at all, sort of independent of the score because crazy things happen. Yeah, for all of you betters who are on uh, Kansas City to cover, I'm, I could hear you screaming at your televisions, believe me. And, you know, it's funny because I'm watching then the Monday night game and it's, you know, we're about to break the half. Seattle has the ball. They're nowhere near the goal line, and there's just it, it, most people just take a knee and go into the halftime, and they're rushing the ball just to get a first down, just to do another play, just to punch you know them in the mouth again, just to show them we're dominating you, we can do what we want. I mean, that was really bizarre. I thought Pete Carroll in the last two minutes of uh, of the second quarter on Monday's game. Yeah, well, now you're bringing up some painful memories of, for me, the Seattle Giants game. But we are getting ahead of ourselves. Miles, I, I have a question I want to ask you. Okay. And my question is this. What do the following seven NFL teams have in common? And that would be the Browns, Bengals, Panthers, Saints, Steelers, Patriots, and Giants. Hmm. And I'll give you a little bit more of a hint what do those seven teams have in common in conjunction with last week? Uh, a shitty coach? I don't know. I, I, I don't know, David. You're going to have to. You're going to have probably yes on the shitty coach. But the answer is none of those teams scored an offensive touchdown. Oh, my gosh. Really? Seven teams. And so just looking at the schedule, almost half of the NFL games, there were 16 games in all. Fans went to a game and one of the teams did not score an offensive touchdown. Now, look. Browns have quarterback injury issues. Bengals have quarterback injury issues. Kenny Pickett for the Steelers took a shot on the knee. Uh, you know, Derek Carr was out for the Saints. So you kind of see what's going on. Injuries and, you know, teams that are just overmatched. But, you know, it, it just never ceases to amaze me that everybody gets so hyped at the beginning of the season. And we all think there's going to be parity and all of this. And then just some teams are just so you know, at all not ready and not prepared to, to play in a manner that we were projecting. And you're really starting to see now the separation of the good teams and the not so good teams. Oddly, if, if seven teams, and that might have been seven different games, there wasn't an offensive touchdown scored. I picked two overs last week that came in easily. So at least I was on the right games. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, if you're on the, on the right uh, game where Miami scores 70... <laughs> You know, overs, you know, can can come in pretty easily. But interesting stat, interesting week. I think right now teams are really starting to show their true identities. No. We have gone away from where what our expectations were in preseason, and now true colors are really starting to show. And I would say that's an advantage to us. That we really are starting to see teams that are playing well and teams are not playing well, and hopefully we can capitalize accordingly. It's true, and, and there's still some teams that I'm reluctant to bet on because I just don't know which one of them is going to show up. Um, you know, it changes from year to year. And, you know, if you want to say the teams are now showing their true colors, that scares me for the Bengals because they do not look good. But yet I heard Joe Burrow say now his calf feels better. It feels, you know, the best it ever has. So is this the week where they actually show up to play? Because – you know, being one in three is uh, is not that uh, exciting and isn't going to get you into the playoffs. Uh, I think with an injury like that, the improvement's probably going to be gradual, but you will start to see Burrow move around more, uh, have better stats, Cincinnati look better on offense if that's the case. But I mean, I do think, you know, 
Buffalo, who, you know, showed, uh, you know, week one, they gave us a scare, but it looks like they're back to being normal. Same with KC, they're back to being normal. So yeah, I think the cream is rising for sure. Well, let's see if we can take advantage of that. Um, on the Wanna Bet podcast, as everybody knows, Miles and I bet $1,000 every week. We have to bet the entire 1000 Each bet has to be at least $100. Uh, and so we usually make about three bets every week, and we track our progress. So what we are going to do right now is we are going to jump into the Wayback Machine, and we're going to look at last week and tell everybody how we did last week. Miles, how did you do last week? Well, overall, I actually did pretty well. Uh, like I said, I sent you five picks, and you know, four of those came in. Of course, the one that didn't come in was my big bet for the week. I did bet on Kansas City, uh, and I bet 550. And unfortunately, it uh, it didn't come in. And here's the thing: it it should have. There's just no question. My my analysis was right on that game, and my instincts were right on that game. And you know, I was actually thinking about the uh, the over on the Buffalo. Miami game, and that one came in really easy. I wish I would have taken that one. But uh, I, I, I thought maybe Dallas was going to have a bounce-back week after losing a, a game they shouldn't have, and they slaughtered the Patriots. So, um, I mean, I feel good overall about kind of where things are at. But, yeah, that Kansas City game is going to hurt. And if at the end of the year, you know, I end up losing to you uh, and I lose by, you know, $1,000 or so because that was what was at stake here, 1050 You know, I might look back and say this could have been the uh, the pivotal week where I should have won. Yeah, not only did you get the analysis right on that game, but arguably the Jets and Zach Wilson played a lot better than people were expecting. So the Chiefs really dominated them and really should have covered, even though, you know, let's give Zach Wilson a little bit of credit. He he did show up and played under some tough circumstances. You know. but, yeah, and it, it's a crazy play, and it's so unfortunate because it is so visual, that one play of – you know, one yard away from the uh, from the end zone and taking a knee and, uh, you know, the the swing of points being completely caught up in everything. Yeah, we've seen it before, too. He's not the first player to do that. And a lot of betters have lost when that happens. So I can't complain. I don't think anything is fixed. I just wish that he might have been more like uh, McVeigh when they were down 10 and they decided to kick a field goal to cover the spread like. Why can't there be some parody there? <laughs> All I can say is I still feel your pain. <laughs> I've had different pain, but I do feel bad pain. Anyway. So that was that was that was a bet that didn't come in. That was the bet that did, but I had two that did. And the first one was I it was the Monday night game. I did pick Seattle um over New York Giants. And that was a game that I thought was really interesting. The spread was moving. I didn't understand why Seattle was getting points. It seemed to me like they were the better team. So I, I was able to lock it in, I think, early in the week. And, yeah, they they Seattle has done well. I mean, they, they look like the team that I thought they would be. They look like the team from last year. They're continuing to win me money. So I'm going to, you know, stick with my instincts on Seattle. I feel really good about them. And then my other pick, uh, I went with the Philadelphia Washington over, and that was at 43 and a half points. And I felt good about that game too. I mean, we talked about how the commanders, blessed be the fruit and praise be, 
uh, only scored three points the week before, and we were nervous. Are they going to you know be able to keep up with what they you know what they need to do in order to make this over? They scored 17 points in the first half, and I was feeling really good then that you know Philly's going to make their share and that this was going to hit early. And it did. The final score was 34-31, so 65 total points scored. That one wasn't even a sweat. So you look at that, you know, you look at Seattle, you look at – I liked Dallas. I liked the the uh, the over in the other games. I like I like the way I'm seeing games. It's so, And I went 2-1 and one on the week. It's just that, you know, I allocated the bulk of my money to Kansas City. So if I would have kept things, you know, at, a, at an even increment for all the games, I'd actually would have had a positive week. Unfortunately here, uh, I lost a little bit. I was able to return $859 to my bank. So again, a, a small loss, but, you know, I'm still overall, I'd say, in a, in a decent mood about week four. Yeah, as you should be. And you really had a good feeling about that Philadelphia-Washington over. For some reason, over bets with Tough NFC teams made me a little nervous, so good for you on that. Um, yeah, eight fifty nine on the week for you, and I have you at thirty six forty three for the four weeks, so just a little bit under the starting amount of four thousand dollars, thousand dollars each week. Yeah, and you know, um, I think I'm uh, six and six on the years, and 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 still just a little down. So I, I, I maybe am not doing a good enough job picking the. The, the best game, the top game of the week. So I need to maybe look into that a little bit. But, you know, with the, with the 50% going, uh, my goal is to get this up to 60 or higher for the end of the, towards the end of the year. Knowing what you did last year, I don't think that's uh, a difficult reach at all. Um, all right, let's take a look at my bets. So I um, did cash, and I will break that down for you. So my big bet of the week was Jacksonville minus two and a half. Uh, over Atlanta, and this was a quasi-home game for Jacksonville because they were playing it in London, which is a place that Jacksonville plays all the time. So it kind of was a home game for them. Uh, because of the VIG, my bet was 520 to win 400. And like you, um, this analysis was pretty much right on from the beginning. Um, you know, too much decent Jacksonville uh, and, a, and a, a, you know, a team that should be beating lesser teams. And a tougher travel destination for Atlanta with a team that just has not broken out like we thought. And I'll talk about Atlanta later a little bit, but you know, this is one of those teams where I had high hopes for them. I thought their young talent had just enough experience that they were really going to take the next level. And Desmond Ritter uh, in particular has, has not at all. He threw a pick six. He had two interceptions in the game. Falcons don't score until the third quarter. Uh, Bijan Robinson did manage to break a hundred yards. So if you're looking for a silver lining for Atlanta, that's probably it, even though Andre, Linden did have a touchdown, uh, but not a lot of great distribution to Drake London and Kyle Pitts. Uh, you know, on the Jacksonville side, Trevor Lawrence was fine, not spectacular. The defense was better than fine. They were good. They put the screws to Atlanta. The game really was never in doubt. Uh, so that was a nice start, uh, an early start for me on that Sunday morning, but that put $920 into my bank right there. Yeah, and I think I told you that I really liked that bet of yours. And I, I will tell you when I like a bet, and and I tailed it myself. I did put money on the Jacksonville, so I won money there. Uh, I wish that I would have included them in my mix. And I think that we've hit on something with this Desmond Ritter situation. I think he's probably the quarterback people are talking about the most that are saying he's not what we thought he was going to be. I mean, they are saying that about Justin Fields, too. 
But, you know, Ritter, he's surrounded by really good talent. He's just not distributing on the ball. He's not making the right reads. And I'm hearing a lot of talk about if Atlanta was able to replace him at quarterback, Mm -hmm. you know, they'll probably be a lot more successful. Yeah, I I would imagine some fans in New York are also saying that about Daniel Jones is not the quarterback they were expecting, <laughs> but you are right. And, you know, is Cam Newton getting a phone call sometime? I don't know. So anyway, that was the big bet of the week. That was a nice way to start the weekend. My next bet was Buffalo minus two and a half uh, on the my uh, in over Miami in the Dolphins game. You mentioned the over. Um, I had bet 150 to win tw- 125 was my last bet of the week. I really wanted to be on this game. I wanted to watch this game. I had to leave my house to watch this game. And I'm going to just d- divert for one second. DirecTV, if you were living in Southern California, as I was last weekend, and your only way of watching football games was DirecTV, you had crappy, crappy options. So the 10 a.m. game was the, was the Rams-Colts. Uh, and then the afternoon games were the Chargers, Raiders, and the 49ers, Cardinals. It was just awful. So anyway, I got in the car and I went to watch this game, and it was worth it. Final score is 48 to 20. They really dismantled the Dolphins. Uh, you know, I had talked about taking the over, which you know would have hit halfway through the third quarter. I was slightly nervous about that because it was an interdivisional game. Uh, Miami was traveling. Uh, I knew Buffalo was going to play this one really, really tight. So I was more content to take... Buffalo minus the two and a half, uh, then the over. They both paid out. Josh Allen had a fantastic game, four TDs. He ran for a fifth. Um, you know, Buffalo scored 123 points in their last three games. They are clicking on all cylinders. Right now, I think they and the 49ers uh, are the best two teams in football. And that put uh, 275 into my bank, which gives me a winning week of $1,195. And that's where everything stopped because I had sad memories of the Seattle-New York Giants game because I took the over at 47. I don't know why, uh, you know, but <laughs> but I did. I feel like my logic was good. You know, you sort of relied on Seattle, obviously, to put the squeeze on, on the Giants. And I thought the over was going to hit with Seattle doing the bulk of the work. Yeah, they did the bulk of the work, but it was only 24 to 3. And, you know... In the first half, it just felt like the game just couldn't get any traction. There were missed fourth down attempts and a missed field goal and it just everything that gets in the way of an over. And then when the Giants started getting behind in the second half, then the wheels came off. Uh, the sacks, you know, I think what Seattle had 11 sacks and Daniel Jones, the poor guy, you know, you start blaming Daniel Jones and then you realize that guy, you know, has no time to throw. He has less than a second and people are in his face. So, uh, you know, Needless to say, the over did not come in. I lost that bet. Yeah, he got hit more than Glass Joe and Mike Tyson's punch out game back on. Uh, you know, <laughs> I don't usually say this about NFL games. This one got embarrassing. This one was the point of embarrassment for the and, Giants. And usually, it's the Thursday night game that's embarrassing. And and sometimes when the Thursday night game sucks and the Monday night game sucks, it's uh, yeah, it's a it's a, a bow on each side of the week. So. Not a great way to end the night. Granted, I had you know I won that that bet and I was happy, but uh, but yeah, it's still it's just a bad taste going out of week four. We should we should wash away week four, get back in the week five. But you know what? You you also went two and one on the week, which was great, and uh, and won the week because you allocated your money better. 
Um, so good for you. Yeah. So after four weeks, I have uh, 4345 in my bank. Uh, and it's interesting because every week one of us is cashed and one of us has not. I have cashed three times. Miles won, but your one cash was the week two when you were perfect and you put a lot of money into your bank, 1900 into your bank. Well, hopefully yeah, our followers are listening to what we have to say and making some of our bets. We should hear about our, our one bet army, don't you think? Let's hear about the one bet army, that growing horde of followers that we are cultivating. Well, let's see. We most the majority of them had winning weeks, but the the big winner of the week was RJ, who busted out taking Tampa Bay. He took the Rams. He took the Bills, and then with whatever leftover money, he put it in a parlay on those same three. And yes, he he hit it. So four and zero basically for picking those three teams. He won everything. So RJ was the big winner. Way to go, RJ! Donnie also had a big parlay come in. He decided to bet a hundred to win like a thousand, and he took Tennessee, Tampa Bay, and also the Rams. So uh, people really liked the Rams last week. People liked Tampa Bay. So good for Donnie. Uh, Bill Kaklanis came in with Buffalo and the Rams. That was a win. We had Dave Siegel also on the Bills. He also was on the Cowboys. Good for him. He went 2-1 for a win. Uh, Barons went 2-2, so he lost a little bit. He had the Cowboys. He had the Rams. We had Nick, who uh, pushed on the Bears, but also had the Vikings. He went 1-1-1. And And then we got uh, Johns Vagdus, unfortunately. He got blanked. He was 0-3. He, like me, was on Kansas City. John's Vagdus, welcome to the Silver Sombrero Club. It's it's an illustrious membership. Boy, I just love hearing the longer and longer Wanna Bet Army uh, recap. It's really nice that we've got uh, got some stickiness and people are playing along with us. So we appreciate that. Yeah, and people should tell their friends. It's uh, you know a way you can document how you're doing and and put it out there. You know, I, I sometimes look at at people on Twitter and who they're betting, and it does influence what I like to do. So. Uh, if you want to make your bets, please go to Twitter or X and go to at one bet podcast and tell us who you like for the week and see if you can do better than either David or me and see, you know, track yourself over the whole season. Uh, ditto what he just said. Well, now it's time to take a break. We're going to pause for just a second, let you guys recover, and we are going to turn our attention to week five and give you all the inside scoop on those bets. When we're back on the WannaBet podcast. All right, we are back on the WannaBet podcast. And as we always do, we are going to wipe the slate clean from last week. We are going to put a thousand fresh dollars in our wallets. And we are going to turn our attention to the week five games. Miles, what sort of wisdom are you laying down on us right now? Well, I'm going to start off and I'm going to make my big bet. And I'm going to make my big bet on Green Bay over the Las Vegas Raiders. Wow. Yeah, I'm going to bet 550 here to win 500. This is a really weird line to me. I've been watching it over the course of the week. It started out with Green Bay giving points, and I saw them at one point giving one and a half. Tonight, right now, they're at plus one. This is switched. They are now the underdog. So it was great because I was going to be making a, a bet against my rule 1A where I was going to you know bet against the home dog, but now now the home is a favorite. So this is great. Um, Green Bay, I don't love them as a team. I uh, They're actually one of my least favorite teams out there. 
But I do think they're in a really good spot to bounce back. If you remember, they played the Thursday night game last week against Detroit. They uh, they got beat pretty pretty handily, uh, although they made a, a comeback in the second half, which was, I think, two games in a row now where Green Bay has at the end of a game decided to try to make a comeback. But I think they're due for a bounce back, and I think that time off, those extra rest days are really going to help. And, and it's going to help for a number of reasons. They've got injuries. You know, they tried to integrate their, you know, Aaron Jones back into the lineup. He didn't get that many carries, but I think now with this many days rest, he should be closer to being full strength. Uh, Christian Watson didn't get a ton of targets, but again, he was, this was his first game back. I think he'll now be ready to go into the mix for a, you know, full session. Mm -hmm. Uh, Green Bay has won eight straight against the Raiders and Green Bay against the spread. Uh, has been really, really good, including I think they're four and zero their last road their road games. So I really like Green Bay in the spot. I'm not sure who's going to be quarterback for the Raiders. Yeah, that was going to be my question. Are you making this bet against uh, Jimmy Garoppolo or Aiden O'Connell? Yeah, I, Aiden O'Connell did a lot better last week than I thought he would, but I don't know that it matters. I kind of just like the fact that Green Bay can be down, but they're never out, and that they can come back and. Again, I'm going to be in Las Vegas that Monday. There's there's a 50-50 chance I'm going to be at that game. Uh, turns out I've got a couple friends from Wisconsin that are going. And that's another thing. I think that uh, the Las Vegas Stadium is going to be overwhelmed with Packers fans. I think Packers fans travel, and this is a, you know, a game that they've circled getting to be in Las Vegas. So this might look almost like a home game for them. So... I don't know, unless there's something out there which is causing this spread to move mysteriously. I think this one's, you know, as mislabeled as I thought Seattle was getting points, uh, you know, uh, against the Giants. So I'm all over this one for 550. This bet makes me nervous because I don't know who the Raider quarterback is. And also Josh Jacobs had a much better game last week. Uh, You're right, though. Packer fans travel like crazy. Quick little story. 25 years ago when the Chargers were still in San Diego, Green Bay played out there. And by the end of the game, which Green Bay won, there were probably just 20,000 Green Bay fans left. They just look at the schedule and go, what's a warm weather destination? Let's go. Yeah. Well, I'm uh, I'm looking forward to it. And if I don't make it to the game, I still think it'll be an exciting environment. And I'm glad that I'm going to be there. And I'll be, again, in an in a, in a environment that is betting friendly. So that'll be good. Oh, that'll be amazing. That stadium is so cool. It's right on the strip. It'll be a great environment. Absolutely. All right. So that's Miles' big bet of the week. And I am going to make mine right now. Uh, A couple teams we've talked about already. I am. So, Miles, if you remember, last week I took a a team that was playing a home game, but it was a quasi-home game, and it worked out for me. And this time I'm doing the same thing. I am taking the Buffalo Bills over the Jacksonville Jaguars. So now Buffalo is going to London, or actually, it's actually not London, but it's England, as the home team. Jacksonville has been there all week, but they are the visitor, and I am betting 440 to win 400 on the Buffalo Bills, minus five and a half. And what I said before is... My theme of betting this week is identifying teams that are playing well and capitalize on opportunities where I think the numbers make sense. And in this case, I think Buffalo is clicking on all cylinders. They've got offense and defense going. Jacksonville is good enough to beat a team like Atlanta, but they're not good enough to beat a team like Buffalo right now. And I think that, uh, you know, 
850 yards passing for Josh Allen in the last, you know, three weeks, eight touchdowns, one interception, 60 yards rushing. You know, that guy is just, you know, playing at an MVP level. I'm going to take advantage of it. I don't think Jacksonville has the horses to keep up with, with Buffalo. And I think I'm going to win a lot of money on that bet. Okay. Well, it's interesting that Jacksonville got to stay in, uh, in Britain for the whole week and uh, you managed to hang out there. I don't think that's an advantage, though. I think that's just a week away, way away from your bed and eating weird food and just not being sort of comfortable. It, Yeah, the travel, you don't have to you know, make that plane flight right before the game. But You don't think I, seven I, days of bangers and mash is, is going to get into their <laughs> system? Um, look, I, I like Buffalo to win. I'd feel a lot more comfortable on the money line in this game, which I'm sure is outrageous and you wouldn't want to give up the minus 230 or whatever it's going to be. I'm worried about the five and a half and I'm coming at this from a, from a place of love, you know, watching myself, uh, you know, do some of these even larger spreads where I'm giving nine and a half or, you know, giving a touchdown and the team winning, just not covering because, Mm -hmm. you know, they're taking the knee at the end because they keep it close. Um, I could see this one going either way though. There's no question. Buffalo has the horses to blow them out. So I, I, I don't think it's a bad bet. I just think uh, if Buffalo also won by, by three, uh, I wouldn't be shocked. It's just hard to look at the 48-20 Buffalo score over Miami and not say it should be a piece of cake for them to cover five and a half against Jacksonville. I know that's not how it works, but Miami's a better team than Jacksonville. Sure, sure. Well, we'll uh, this will be also a good game to look forward to. Is it being played at the same time? Is this another 6 a.m. game for you? It is absolutely. So I'm going to have to set my alarm and uh, you know go uh, sit in the Lovey's lobby and watch the window. I, I don't even know if they're open then, but uh, we'll figure something out. Well, I look forward to that game. Hopefully, it'll be televised better than it was last time. I, I just I don't know why they choose to put these games on channels that no one subscribes to. Yeah. Uh, well, I'll get into my second bet, and you know, again, I looked at this week's schedule, and there. I like the Eagles, okay, but I'm not betting them because I'm afraid of the four and a half points, much like the five and a half here. I think that they're good enough to beat the Rams. I think they probably will beat the Rams, but I'm I'm staying away. So my next two bets are going to be over-unders just because I'm I'm, I'm leery a little bit on some of these games. So I'm going to do 330 to win 300 on the Kansas City-Minnesota over, and that's gone down a little bit. It's at 52 and a half. So – Again, I'm kind of putting a lot of eggs in the KC, hoping that maybe Mahomes learned a lesson and got a lot of hate mail from his fans that bet him and said, hey, in the future, please score more points, you know, and run that game up. KC actually has been uh, coming in with a lot of unders lately. So this isn't necessarily an obvious bet. It may not even be a smart bet. But the way I look at it, Minnesota is a high-powered offense team, and they're a defense that isn't very good. Uh, they tried to get better, but they're just not. And I kind of feel KC is the type of team where they give up a ton of points uh, and give up a lot of yards. And these are basically two offenses with defenses that are capable of being good, but aren't always. So I'm looking for a high scoring game. And, you know, when one of them gets behind, they have the ability and the playmakers to score within two minutes. I mean, you get Jefferson out there on, on, on a pass or you say Mahomes wants to throw deep. It, 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 before you know it, you know, the, the points are being lit up. So 
I'm hoping for a, for a high-scoring game. It is 52.5 is a bit high. Uh, I am a little nervous about this one, but I'm just thinking uh, with all the unders that Casey's been a part of and, and last week's debacle, maybe they'll be hearing it from their fan base that they need to just start putting up points. I bet Kansas City once this year, it was two weeks ago, and I had them on the over when they played Jacksonville, and that game wasn't even close to the over. So the fact that you are bravely going back into the Kansas City overwaters, I do commend you for that. Boy, Kansas City is almost one of those teams where I'm just, yes, they're scoring better, but again, they're looking a little bit off. Uh, You know, Mahomes had the high ankle injury a couple of weeks ago. He seems to be okay there. I just don't know. I don't know which Kansas City team is showing up. And again, maybe it's because I got scarred and burnt on an, on an overbet a couple of weeks ago. And then the question is, is, my, is Minnesota throwing in the towel? Or do they just put in a last stand? And, and Kirk Cousins is a pretty gritty guy. Do they just say, we have got to like at least put up some points and move the ball and get the you know Justin Jefferson's in the end zone with the, the playmakers that they have, Hawkinson and all those guys? If that's the case... Uh, then you could have two offenses that are really motivated and moving the ball and scoring, and that could be good. Yeah, that's what I'm hoping. I'm hoping they build off last week's win and uh, and and show everyone that they're they're going to be, you know, fighting with Detroit to uh, to win that NFC North. All right. Well, that is Miles' second bet of the week, and let's turn to my second bet, Miles. What I told you before is that there is a theme to my betting this week, and that's identify the hot teams look for opportunities, and jump on board. And I said that the top two teams right now are the Buffalo Bills and the San Francisco 49ers. So I am taking the 49ers minus three and a half at home versus the Dallas Cowboys. 330 to win 300. Yes, I am betting them. First of all, three and a half. I thought about buying the half point down. But every time I've done that this year, it hasn't even been close to you know, relevance. So I'm not going to do it, which is probably completely jujuing that bet, but I don't care. Uh, now the Cowboys are a good team. This is going to be a good game. They're three and one. They're coming off of a decisive win over New England. People might be a little bit surp- surprised at this bet. However, I believe the Cowboys have one giant Achilles heel, and that is their run defense. In the only competitive game that they've had this year, the Cardinals rushed for over 200 yards against them. Remember, their three wins are against the Giants, the Jets, and the Patriots. And in all of those games, they got ahead early. The other you know, teams had to pass. The quarterbacks weren't ready. They've had seven interceptions in those three other games. That's not going to happen against the 49ers. First of all, they have Christian McCaffrey. That guy is playing at an MVP level right now. 459 rushing yards, six touchdowns already. And we know that the 49ers are balanced. Brandon Ayuk, Debo Samuel, George Kittle. You know, Brock Purdy, no interceptions this year, five touchdowns. They have skill players all over the field, and particularly their ability to run the ball. That is going to be the difference. And I know I picked the Cowboys to win the Super Bowl this year. But again, I got to divorce myself of what I did before. Right now, they're not quite a Super Bowl contender just yet. They've been good, but not great on offense. It's the defense that's been carrying them. You know, Tony Pollard's only rushing for 75 yards a game. C.D. Lamb had one big game against the Jets with 143 yards, and he's had 160 yards the other three games. So they're not quite there yet. 
They're going into an incredibly tough place to play in San Francisco against a team that is really dominating on both sides of the ball. I believe San Francisco will cover the three and a half points. This is a great game. This is going to be one of the best matchups of the year. A great NFC battle. Agree. Yeah. I mean, the only, you throw Philadelphia in the mix. That's the only other team I want to see besides these two. Yeah. Because I think one of those three is probably going to be representing the NFC in the Super Bowl. So, uh, but, but you've identified the issue. It's, it's the hook. It's the three and a half. It's, it's, is that point five going to come into play? It's funny. There have been times this year where I've also bought down the spread and it hasn't, it hasn't affected me yet either. So uh, I'm sure the fact that now that you're not, it's going to affect you. They're going to win by three. You're going to be pissed. <laughs> you're going to text me that morning and go, well, good to know that the hook doesn't hurt you. It's just to juju me back. <laughs> well, um, I, I, I like uh, I like what you have to say. And just because Dallas might lose this game doesn't mean that, you know, later on in the season, if they play in the playoffs, that they won't come back and win. So, um, yeah, what, you, what you're saying has a lot of uh, makes a lot of sense to me. Well, thank you. What do you got for your last bet? My last bet, which is only one hundred and twenty dollars left, uh, is another over under. And it's a weird one because it's the Lions playing the Panthers. And the Lions, uh, the, the over-under is 44. It has gone down a little bit, so thankfully uh, it gives me a little bit of a shot. 44 isn't as high as the 52.5 that I have in Casey, Minnesota. I think it's a little more uh, attainable. And the Lions have been scoring 30 and 21 and 30 and 21, so they're definitely doing their share of putting up the numbers. Carolina's not, and that's where I'm a little bit concerned. I think Carolina's not that great a team, but I also don't think the Lions are the greatest defense, and I think Carolina might be able to move the ball in them a little bit. We saw some of this with Green Bay coming back into the game at the end. Um, So I think 44 might be just a little bit low. I expect the Lions, who, again, they've also had extra rest to come out and, and put up their 30 to 35 points. So... It's not asking a lot out of Carolina. They just might need to score a couple touchdowns and maybe even get a defensive one in there. Yeah, you definitely identified the issue for me, which is Carolina is not a good team. Everybody knows how we feel about Bryce Young. They're just sort of scuffling along. True. Granted, they are playing not a great defense. So if they can make some improvements, you might get some numbers on the board from Carolina. But the words Carolina and over in the same sentence for me right now, uh, it's not a bet that I would want to make. Yeah. You know, what's funny is that Adam Thalen's having a huge resurgence. Uh, he's about the only one, though. Uh, but let's let's hope they get 31-14 as a win in this one. So that's what I'm hoping for here. Yeah, that's true. All right. So my last bet of the week, and talk about weird bets, is I am also making a little bit of a, a flyer bet. Um, I am looking at two teams that are really going in opposite directions. And that would be the Houston Texans and the Atlanta Falcons. Yeah, I'm picking on the Atlanta Falcons these days. Uh, But let's take a look at Houston. They've won two games in a row uh, over the Jaguars and the Steelers, not Powder Puffs. And CJ Stroud is the best rookie quarterback in the NFL right now. He is playing over his skis and better than any Ohio State quarterback has played in a long time. Six touchdowns, no interceptions. He is really, really stepping up and playing well for them. Nico Collins is having a breakout year for them at wide receiver. He's got over 400 yards receiving. Uh, you know, kudos to D'Amico Ryans coming over from San Francisco because he's really got this team playing in the right direction, and they've looked really good the last two weeks. So I am going to ride that, 
Uh, and I am going to talk about my bet in just one second. But on the other hand, the Atlanta Falcons have lost their last two games, and we talked about it before. This is a team that feels a little bit lost right now. Desmond Ritter has not made those strides forward that we thought he was going to make last year. They're not distributing the ball. Uh, they're just scuffling, and I think that they are primed to get beat at home. And now here's my bet. I've got $230 left in my bank. And I could bet Houston plus one and a half. They are getting points on the road. But I actually think that they're going to win the game. So I'm going to bet them on the money line. If I bet the spread, my 230 at minus 105 would have returned 219. But I see an opportunity to make a little bit more money because the money line is plus 110. So I am betting 230 at plus 110 on Houston to beat Atlanta outright, and that's going to return $253. I, I, I haven't done the math yet on the, on the plus 110. I'm, I'm sure you're right. Um, yeah, because that's like 10%, 23 bucks. Yeah. Listen to this proclamation right here and now, Miles V and Wannabet Army. This will be my first perfect week in the history of Wannabet. Yeah, and monkeys might fly out of my butt. I feel it in my bones, and not only... Will it be my first perfect week? But because of the money line bet at plus money, I will return $1,953, which will be the most successful week in one bet history. I have no idea if that's true. I didn't look back at last year, but it sounded good. And I am making that proclamation. It's probably true because I sometimes won't take the money line on plus money just because I want the points just in case. So it's a bold move you're making. Um, but but never come out and make a proclamation that you're going undefeated. That right there. I'm anti-jujuing the juju. No. I'm getting ahead of Too it. Too much Jew here is what I'm hearing. Um, well, unlike un- other podcasts, the whole point of One Bet is that we are held accountable for our past bets. We look back at the proclamations and we look back at the bets. We tell you how we did. It's right there in black and white. So, uh, you know, bring it on. As Kevin McCarthy said to the Republican members of the House, bring it on and, and look at look at where he is now. He, he got booted out. So let's face it. Um, Atlanta is bad. So I, I agree with you there. Houston has been oddly better than I thought. I think I took them to win under the uh, the number of games for the year. It might have been six and a half. Um, I will say that I think Richardson on the Colts is another decent a rookie quarterback who's having himself a season. He was injured, so he missed a little bit. But don't count him out yet for for being rookie of the year. We'll have to see. Um, this will be interesting. Uh, I don't like your proclamation. I'm going to stick you with that proclamation and maybe record the fact that you made that proclamation so that next week when we're back recording, I'm going to play it back to you, and uh, and we'll see what happens. All right. Well, those are the bets for week five of the NFL season. Miles, you want to recap really quickly and then we'll get on out of here? I am taking Green Bay with my big bet and the fact that I'm going to be in Vegas rooting them on because I'm employed and now working in the gaming industry yet again. Uh, I am taking the over in two games, the Kansas City, Minnesota over hoping that those teams show up and decide to put up lots and lots of points along with Lions and Carolina, thinking that that break for the Lions means that they're ready to come back and score their share of about 35 to 42. 
All right, so my bets, quickly, I am taking Buffalo minus five and a half uh, at home slash on the road in England over Jacksonville. That's 440 to win 400. Too much Buffalo. They are playing at the top of the game right now. Yeah. Speaking of playing at the top of the game, San Francisco minus three and a half at home over the Dallas Cowboys, 330 to win 300. Christian McCaffrey is the difference in that game with his ability to run the ball and catch the ball and do everything just going to be too much 49ers. And finally, the flyer bet with my remaining 230 to win 253 because it is a plus 110 money line on the Houston Texans on the road at the Atlanta Falcons who are struggling right now. CJ Stroud keeps it going for Houston. They win that game outright. And I will have my first perfect week in one of bet history. There you go. That's a That's a wrap. That is a wrap. Everybody have a fantastic week. I'm going to zip on out of here and go see what's going on in the Bears. Commander's game right now. R.I.P. Yeah, and by the way, one of the greats, R.I.P. to Dick Butkus, who passed away today at 80 years old. Yeah, all of Illinois and Chicago is mourning. Deservedly so. The guy was a legend. Yeah, he was. Uh, Italian beef around for everyone. All right, my man. Love your body, Larry, and I will talk with you soon. Peace out, everybody. Take care. Ever thought about starting your own podcast? Do you have a business or a message you want to share with the world? Well, now it's easier than ever with Electricast. Hi, I'm Mark Netter. And I'm Peter Ravelson. We're the founders of Electricast Media. Whether you want to start a new podcast or already have one, join Electricast to grow your audience, monetize your content, and build your community. With our simple sign-up, you get free promotion, world-class analytics, premium ads, and personal support. Go to Electricast.com and join our community today. Electricast. Transform your influence. Electricast. Today is working for me. Do you believe that for yourself? Hey, I'm Pastor Julie, and I want to empower you through encouragement. Inviting you to my podcast, Big Truth Encouragement, where I unpack living a faith-filled life. I created my podcast for the ladies, but gentlemen, you'll gain something too. So I invite you to listen to Big Truth Encouragement on Electricast and any platform where you listen to your podcast. Electricast. Electricast.